welcome everybody to show number 397 yeah. of the Off the Lip Radio Show, live from the Santa Cruz boardroom. Tonight, Neil Perlberg, you know who we got? Yeah, 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 I do know who we have. Honorable, can we call you Honorable? Yeah, it is. Sure, yeah. yeah it's the Honorable. Mayor of Santa Cruz, Justin Cummings, welcome to the show. And my co-host tonight is the dishonorable Mr. Terry Campion. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. Great to be here. An old skateboarder? Yeah, we've got a mayor skateboard. Yeah. Oh, man, this place is amazing. I mean, just walking in here and seeing all these boards, it just brings me back, and I'm like, I want to get back on again, you know? Everybody remembers their first skateboard. What was your first skateboard? Oh, man. Uh, You know, I can't remember the brand, but I do remember the time I got it because. One of my really good friends had a bunch of decks, like old decks at his house, and I really wanted to get into skateboarding. And he just put together just like this, you know, setup. So I had something. It was like, here you go. And then uh, I had, I think the first one I ever bought was a Powell Blank. Oh, yeah. Any logo blanks or something. Yeah. Like yep. Yeah. Do you remember it was a blank board? Yeah. Yep. It was blue. So that was the first one. Oh, man. The one you wish you could get back? Um. No, ah, I don't have one that's coming to my head. I can't remember the company. There was one I think called Madhouse at some point. Um, wasn't a very big company that was around for a long time, but I had these Grind King Ultralights on there with Spitfires, and it was a really nice deck, and one day cracked it, but it lasted for a long time. It had a really good pop to it and uh, really good you know, tails. So. For, for a board? Yeah. I think you need shoes first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kick off the show tonight because I want to thank you're from Chicago, Illinois. Yep, right? South Side of Chicago. And uh, arrived in Santa Cruz when? I got I came to Santa Cruz uh, in two, university? 2007 as a grad student up at UC Santa Cruz. Right, what you study up there? Uh, so um, I was in the ecology and evolutionary biology department, but I was also co-advised and in the environmental studies department. And um, my PhD work focused on tropical forest restoration. So I uh, worked in, down in Panama doing uh, research on how trees interacted with invasive grasses to uh, suppress them for regenerating to really better understand how we can reforest uh, in, in tropical rainforest how, how and in settings where there's invasive grasses. Is that a list? This is something you can do? Can you, is there a list at UCSC? You can go down to Panama and, and do that? Probably one of the most important ecological things going on right now. I would think so. The fact that those forests are what are keeping the planet cool and uh, and they're disappearing, right? Because that's, a, I mean, so uh, what's your, in your educated background, how are we doing in that as far as our forests and our climate, uh, we're in trouble, you know, and I think the big thing, you know, when we think about who gets elected into office and now with Bolsonaro being in charge in Brazil, there's a lot less focus on rainforest protection and there's more on deforest, you know, bringing agriculture. And it's like, this is one of the critical things that we have in our world that, you know, drives a lot of oxygen production. And as we're seeing more impacts of climate change, I mean, now a lot of the forests that do exist, you know, we're having, you know, fires in the Arctic, which is like never seen before. And so, um, it's just kind of like this cascading effect of negative impacts um, as we're, you know, continuing to cut down our forests. And so there needs to be a lot of, you know, I think we, we have a long road ahead of us for 
mitigating the impacts of climate change. But I think a lot of us, at least in this community and throughout the world, there's a lot of folks who are really wanting to see us kind of mitigate the impacts of climate change. Right. I mean, it's like this domino effect. Of yeah. Life. Right. But we're actually doing something about it here with Tiffany. Tiffany, uh, is it Wise West? Yeah. Yeah, she was, um, uh, I interviewed her, and there's actually that group. That climate is something something's being done about it here locally. Yeah, and that's the thing that um, you know, we really try to continue to let folks know about. I mean, Santa Cruz is kind of at the cutting edge of really trying to do whatever we can to, you know, cut back on our carbon emissions. So as of recently, uh, we're working on our twenty thirty climate action plan to really right. come up with how we're gonna reduce carbon emissions in the city. Uh, the city recently passed a an ordinance where we're going to be, well, it's, it's a building electrification code. And so the idea is that any new building that gets built won't have natural gas. It'll, it'll be completely electric. And, right. and so, you know, that allows us to have more solar. We're not burning natural gas. We're not contributing to the production of natural gas. And um, as of yesterday, the city council just voted um, and we're going to be uh, working on purchasing our first electric refuse truck. So our first... Wow. Our first garbage truck that's Is it quiet like a Tesla? uh we'll find out i mean I, I think it's still gonna be loud when they're slamming the cans around because that's the one thing by my house that's always that always wakes me up but you know i'm not sure yeah. but um you know we've been last year the city council was really pushing during our budget conversations there was a lot of interest in hey you know to the extent we can let's no longer buy 100 percent gas vehicles let's either buy hybrids or let's buy electric but let's try to get away and it was funny because uh the police had done their presentation earlier in the day and we were talking about the need for having you know electric police cruisers and police vehicles and literally that night went home and there was an article that had come out that day about the newest, uh, I think it was either Explorer or Police, that was 100% electric. Um, great segue to talk about policing in Santa Cruz. We've had Andy Mills on the show, what, three times now? Chief, Andy, he's, he, he, does, <laughs> he does come around pretty good. Um, you work close with police as far as you being the mayor. Um, I just want you to quickly to sort of, because we, we know how Chief Mills is and being transparent. I just want you to give a grade to how you think the Santa Cruz Police Department is doing right now. Tough times in Santa Cruz. Maybe if you could uh, brief, it, brief, brief how you think they're doing. You know, I think they're doing, I think they're doing a great job with the pressure that they're under. Um, you know, I feel like having grown up around Chicago police, which didn't have that great of interactions with all the time, you know, I know there's – there's good cops, bad cops. When I was growing up, didn't have the greatest interaction with the ones in the neighborhood I grew up in. Um, but then when I came here, I was thinking about, like, you know, how am I treated by the police? And I've never really had any negative interactions with them. They've always been respectful when I've engaged with them. Um, and then just to think about, you know, this time in particular, I think being in government, I feel it as well, where it's like you have um, your normal crime situations that you're dealing with. Then you have COVID happen. And so, you know, the state's now saying, well, here you have to, like, you have to enforce all these new laws. 
right? And so, right. you know, the police are trying to get like you know balance. You know, how are we going to do our no- deal with normal crime issues, and now how we're going to deal with all our new responsibilities around COVID? You know, they've already been shouldered with all the issues on homelessness as well, and then we have, you know, kind of this social uprising around the murder of George Floyd, and you know, I remember there was one night in particular where there were people on the beach, there's a protest going on, there's a shooting all happening at the same time. And who has to go respond to that? The police. Right. And so it just really showed. And, and, you know, I think in each of those circumstances, they were trying to be as respectful and responsible as possible. And so, you know, I think when you want to judge, you know, a department and its ability to perform its job, it's like when you look at the worst case scenario, like how are they able to do it? And they did it cool, calm, collective, you know, I mean, this was the night where uh, people were spray painting all over the police department, the police yeah. station. And so it's like, you can imagine. You kind of cleaned it up. Yeah, I went, well, I went down and addressed the crowd that night. Right. Um, and then I went back the next day to help clean up and had gone back the next day when there was another group that came out to. When that, when that, yeah. two, sorry, TC, when that two mile was going on, did, did you, uh, did you, as a mayor, as a black mayor, quell, have to quell things down or, or how, how are you, how are you, how are you regarded that? You know, um, so that the first night where that had happened, yeah. the police chief and I, and we'd worked with the woman who um, was who had organized the demonstration earlier at the at uh, the lighthouse. That wasn't. No, that was uh, that Bella wasn't. Bonner. Right, right, right. Yeah, and you know, we worked it out with her. Where I was like, "Look, we're still going to do our thing. We're not trying to take attention away from what you're doing. Why don't you send us videos?" And at the beginning of our um, town hall. We'll actually send a message out on your behalf and let people know what you're doing as well, you know. And then when that evening hit, it was like we had been, you know, doing so much work to try to engage with the community and communicate. And somebody shot me a text and they were like, yeah, there's a bunch of people at the police station. And so I just wanted to go and see what was happening. And when I got there, you know, I was seeing, you know, a lot of people, predominantly white, uh, some kids that were spray painting Black Lives Matter. And, you know, and I was like this is wrong. Like you're not. And so I just took it upon myself to go out and address the crowd. Right. And I was like, look, what you're doing is not helping my life. Like I'm the one who's going to be impacted. You know, you're going to spray paint black lives matter on the police department. And I'm the one who's black and I'm the one who's black. And so when the next day, you know, when, when we go back to doing everything we're, we're doing, I'm the one who's got to live with the consequences right. of your behavior. Right. Huh. And so the next day you actually went and painted the police station. So, uh, so I went, I went back and, uh, got there in the morning and offered to help clean to the police chief. And he was like, Nope, we're handling it. We're good. And then went downtown to meet up with some other folks. Cause, uh, Sonia Bruner, who's also running for city council right now, she had organized a group to meet downtown to help clean up the businesses and, um, went out with Renee Golder and we were trying to, I mean, Renee had cleaned up a few places. I was going out and trying to find areas, but so many people woke up in the morning and got out there and cleaned it up so quickly that, you know. Those are the people that are so awesome. Yeah. The ones you go and clean up. The big messes. People shit on their own town. The, the July 5th beach cleanups. Uh, a, a big event like that downtown, people show up and support the community. Like, to me, the unsung heroes of a uh, of Black Lives Matter protest are the people who go and clean it up. To me. I think that's amazing. Um, I want to jump to that photo of you and Chief Andy Mills taking a knee at a protest. Um, and 
to, to the people, we, we talked about it last night on the show, but lead us up to what happened on that day and how you guys ended up in that photo that went viral. Yeah, so um, I had found out the day before that there was going to be this protest or, you know, what later Joy had explained was just an action and, you know. An action. Yeah, um, but, you know, I'd seen all the information about we're going downtown, be here at this time. And, you know, I just felt compelled to, to go and be there. And then I also got some texts from former council from former council members saying, hey, there's people there's a protest going on tomorrow and people are angry about the um, the fencing being around the clock tower and there might be people taking it down. And so I was like, well, let me go down and just go down to the clock tower and see what's going on, you know. And so went down to the clock tower and ran into uh, former council member and started talking to him and then I was just like well maybe I'll just stay here because at least there's somebody I know and then um, Joy was across the street and I didn't Did recognize her first. Did you comfortable there? Yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah I, I felt fine yeah. and then um, and Chief Mills was then across the street and he walked over to say hi and we just started just chatting and um, and then all of a sudden we started seeing people taking knees and I was like oh we should probably take a knee and Lo and behold. And lo and behold, there yeah. was a photographer there. They took a picture. Yeah. Was not planned at all right. and wasn't really expecting that that was going to have as big of an impact as it did. Big, it had a big impact. And I, yeah. I said last night we had we had Joy on the show last night, Joy Flynn. She's an amazing human. But I told her last night that I shared that photo on my business's Instagram, and it, it went kind of viral in our Instagram. It was a powerful moment. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and, again, we have a black mayor. We have a white police chief taking a knee next to each other at a protest. That's big stuff, Neil. Yeah. It yeah. just it showed, the rest of the, it showed the rest of the country that you can, yeah, we don't need to be, you know, this violence isn't going to, violence isn't going to take care of the situation. Yeah. Just understanding and love and peace and just, it's just that's going to take care of the situation. Well, you know, I think something that's really been impactful as well is that, you know, when our police came out, and even at the first event, like they didn't show up in riot gear. They showed up in their normal, right. what they normally wear. They shut down the streets. They made sure people were safe. And for every march, protest, event that's happened, that's really the approach that they've taken. They're like, all right, let's shut the streets down. We can divert traffic. Let's make sure these people are safe, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, and we've seen in other cities where people, you know, run people over um, who are yeah. protesting and kill people and right. protesting. It's like, and the police. It's still going on. Yeah, and it's still going on. And, they're, and it's like the police are here. Or we see police confronting people in riot gear, right? And it's like, maybe you should learn from this approach where, right. you know, our police are here to serve and protect, and that's what they've been doing. Right. Hmm. Got, my, question, my question is to you. I met you before. You were mayor. You told me you were mayor. We were at a friend's house. That this, you know, someone said, hey, this new mayor, Santa Cruz. I'm like, holy smoke. First of all, he's black. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> he's in Santa Cruz, which is predominantly white town. He looks very Santa Cruz in there. He's not very racist. <laughs> I don't think, I don't think, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think it's racist is, is uh, a huge problem here. I don't know, maybe, but maybe I'm wrong. You know better than I do. But uh, when you took that job, I'm sure you had like, you know, things that you wanted to do. I want to go to work. First of all, you were crazy going into politics, you know, becoming mayor of Santa Cruz. Holy smoke. Well, in a pretty challenging time to be a mayor. And then you must have had a goal, like wanted, what you wanted to do. Here's what I want to do. So how did that change once you got into now what's after COVID and uh, what's going on? How did that all, how did your goals change? And where are they? Where are you, where are you headed to? 
Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think we have, if we think back to earlier this year, I mean, one of the things that really impacted it was um, just 2019 leading up to 2020 and the recall that ended up getting kicked off because, you know, when I first got elected, it's like, okay, we can work on these all these different things. And then all of a sudden there's a recall. And so then the question's like, well, are the votes going to be there to do the things I, I want to get done? You know, how are other council members going to feel about it? Is the support going to be there? And, you know, there, there's been support on most issues, I'd say. Um, and then as issues arise, you know, things change. So when COVID hit, it was pretty much like stop everything. And my main goal was like, how, how are we going to get everything we need to support our community? And so, for example, when that first started, I really focused on food insecurity, like identifying churches that could be uh, food pantries and who's going to be open and how can we get them resources so that if anybody felt like they weren't ha they had no income and they needed food, they had somewhere they could call and they could get food. You know, can, I, can you get something here? Can I inject something? Inject. We, were kind of, we were kind of lucky that you were the mayor at that time because you have experience from at UCSC with diseases as far as your back, as far as your background, education. So you had an idea of what's going on. It wasn't like we had someone in the mayor's office like, what the fuck? It just hit us, right? Mm -hmm. You had an idea of what was going on. So we got, our town got kind of lucky. So our leader actually has experience you compared know, to everybody in the world. Going, he had country. knowledge of what was going on. And what needed to take place, I would and that wasn't because we talk. I'm thinking, we spoke on, a, on an interview I did, but I'm like, afterwards, I'm thinking, God, at least this, this guy knows kind of what the, what would, what will happen, what's mm -hmm. going on, what we need to take care of. We're, we got lucky. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, like I've taken lots of classes. Um, when I was an undergrad, I'd studied a lot of plant physiology and fungi. And so you start, you, and as a biologist, you're going to eventually study disease and disease transmission and disease ecology. And later took a plant pathology class, which is plant disease ecology. And so really understanding vectors of spread, rates of spread, conditions for infection, that was really what I was focusing on and like trying to understand. And once, you know, once we saw that, or once I saw that our president was in the, you know, and a lot of folks were not taking this seriously and calling it Kung Flu. And I was like, oh, we're in for it. Mm -hmm. You know, like we're not taking there's, there's no way they're going to take the appropriate response. And it's going to take a long time. Is the state uh, that's, that's, uh, two questions on this? Is the federal government involved with Santa Cruz County and how involved is the state of California in the health of our county during the pandemic? Great question. Yeah. So I've been in contact um, regularly with Jimmy Panetta's office and they've been advocating super strong, you know, in Congress when it gets to the Senate, that's when the decisions need to be made. And even right now we're in a situation where, um, there's stimulus funding that's just kind of sitting right between the Republicans and the Democrats. And, you know, if I think under better leadership, we would have taken a much more aggressive approach that would put us in a really positive situation. But unfortunately, we haven't taken that. And so, you know, the state also has been trying to get testing to everybody and testing in all counties. Um, really been doing the best job we can, but without the economic funds coming down from the federal level to the states that could then, you know, support businesses that are closed, um, people are like, I don't have any money. And what am I supposed to do? And so, or, you know, I'm going to lose everything. And since that safety net isn't there for the people, it's really forced Right. the reopenings and the things we're seeing you know what i had heard about testing and you can jump in on this is that if you want to get a test all you have to do is go to the red cross and donate blood 
and they test you. And I, yeah, but because my, my question, that's the lead to my question. Mm-hmm. Somebody in the county that's sick, um, test, where would, where would we go and get a test if I had rabbit ear pockets? Uh, so like Ramsey Park in Watsonville, uh, you can go online <clears throat> and um, I think it's the county's website, <clears throat> countyofsantacruzhealth.com or 211, and you can find where there are free testing ser- uh, services. And so Ramsey Park down in Watsonville, any, anyone from Santa Cruz County can go there, and you have to call and make an appointment, but you can go there and get tested for free. And once you've been tested once, you can go back oh. and get tested again. I know UCSC, I employ some UCSC students. Mm-hmm. They're tested all the time. Oh yeah, and because I work. The, and what's, what's funny, I'm just gonna say right now, it kind of gives them a hall pass to go party, a little bit, because they go and like they will go to San Diego and have a good old time, come back, get tested immediately. Right. But they, that's kind of like they're. It's, it's, I'm talking about young young people. Mm-hmm. They're who think that they're just you know, and, yeah. I'll never get it. Right. But it's it's kind of funny. Is there a point that it's too easy for people to get testing to where it becomes almost a deterrent for them? Like you only get one test a week. Right. Um, but anyways, I'm glad to hear there's a place because mm-hmm. I sort of wondered. Getting back to that question about um, the uh, Jimmy Panetta, uh, is, is the state going to rescue Santa Cruz on the loss of all the um, potential tax revenue and situation like that? I mean, we hope. I mean, the big thing right now is that you know the state's been spending down a lot of its resources, and that's why the big question is, you know, is the federal government going to? And right now they haven't been doing it. And so that's why it's really, you know, when November hits, it's like we're really encouraging people to go out and vote. Yeah. Because we're not, I mean, this is worst case scenario and worst leadership possible. And, and we're, and our leader hates California. Yeah, exactly. Like and it's we're like, hosed. it's like, really? You're going to screw our state over? It's like we're people, we're, you represent all of us, you know? And, Maybe you'd get more votes if you actually supported us, but you're not. And so, you know, from my perspective, it's like if Santa Cruz wants help, we got to get this this guy out of office. And I think a lot of folks in the country feel the same way. So sign up for census. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Register the vote. Right. And register the vote. Yeah. And for those people who don't know, like the census is so critical because it's once every 10 years. And that number of people who, who fill out the census that is what determines how much federal funding comes into your community. And, and, and get ready for this. They're ending in a week early. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, uh, and the, we're in a pandemic. Why? It's, it's coming straight from the top, no, bro. Yeah. It's all about uh, senators and congressmen, right, as far as I know. That's how, why they, they're, they're, they're going to end it a week early. It's crazy. Is, you, is your job the city mayor, is, is it a full-time gig, or uh, are you uh, employed? Um, it's probably more than full-time right now and i'm and i'm also employed and i also have another part-time job right so, so it's, it's he's crazy huh <laughs> he's crazy, I, thought Hillary was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a rough time to be a mayor yeah but, yeah, we got the, but the thing is though you got the right guy so like well you you're know? surviving and so what do you do for fun what's i mean you gotta bring it down a notch once in a while what's 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 the mayor of santa cruz do for fun well, is there re- any time for fun? Has a Heineken with a phone ready? Has a Heineken or two on a podcast? I love those Heinekens. <laughs> you know what's you know what's crazy is that my side job is actually now more of my fun thing to do. What do you do? Uh, so I'm actually flying drones for the UC Natural Reserve System. So for example, I got to go down uh, to Big Sur about a week ago, and um, like 8,000 acres. There's maybe seven to ten people there total. Um, for all that space, mm. and so just got to 
camp out and um, would go out to these spots um, where people had been doing long-term research projects, and we fly drones over to do aerial surveys uh, with these multispectral cameras. And so, you know, getting to hang out in Big Sur by myself or with a few other people where mm. just go out to play with drones for a while, like, that's, that's pretty What nice. are they looking for in this survey? Is it, like, uh, mapping? or? Yeah, it, so it's mapping, and we're looking at vegetation and how the ecosystems change over time. So if trees are growing or not growing or if there's plants right. that are dying. Exactly. So it's like, oh, we, sh- we see all these oak trees are dying. Like, why is that happening? And you can look back over time of all the photos and start seeing how the eco- how the ecosystem changing. And uh, this is cool because we're changing the subject a little bit. In your biology background, how did it look, our, our big surf forest? Did it look pretty good? Yeah. I mean, right now, the, yeah, this, the reserve we went to looked great. Um, and... Uh, but at the same time, they're having their challenges. So talking to the reserve manager, they were like, um, they were saying how they've been seeing more of these different species of oaks dying off that they never, that were completely healthy just a few years ago. Hmm. And so, you know, so it brings, you know, you know, it, it highlights the need for these photos. Cause if we're doing these photos over time and it's like, Oh, we're starting to see some trees dying. You can go out on the ground and see is it beetles right, is it disease, disease? is it both is it climate change you know and so hmm. um but yeah drones my fr- i've had a, i've been able to get out on the water on sailboats a couple times awesome. recently um during non-covid times trying to get back into snowboarding more awesome so I and, love snowboarding. and still yeah. trying to get into surfing but well you live here in santa cruz um <laughs> getting back to the drones are they big drones or is it so oh yeah, they're granddaddies of them all. Yeah, or, yeah. Do you race drones? Are you are you a drone guy? Is that your background? No, but I got into it, and now I'm starting to really get into um, just learning more about them and working with them and their utility. Utility. So, so yeah. you own your own? Uh I got lent a small one, but the hard thing is there's nowhere really to fly. Mm-hmm. So with the university, I can fly for research, and I've been kind of talking to fire chief and other folks on where can we actually fly these things in santa cruz so but yeah starting to get into that too does the the the, the city you know with the restaurants we have here in town and all the businesses down they're they're teetering on edge it, they're just hanging on here they're hanging on i mean not the skate shop mm-hmm. but, it, but it seems like we're all we all want them to, to survive but how is the city what can the city do or what's the plan for the city to help a lot of these mom and pop businesses make it we don't want to lose them. That's the heart of your town, right? It's the heart of the city. What, yeah. What is what is the the uh, city doing about? Well, you know the out yeah the first folks. the first approach we took um, we started this small micro loan program. We took out half a million dollars, and so while businesses were waiting on those PPP loans to come through, uh, they were able to apply for these so that they could you know sustain them while that was happening, um, and really I mean it's really unfortunate, but we need the federal funding. I mean that's which isn't coming which isn't coming you know and so that it's it's really difficult for us because you know as a result we're trying to accommodate them like being able to do outdoor business there's been a lot of um partnerships with some folks in the tech industry to get you know mom and pop shops that weren't um you know traditionally online to get them and you know have more of an internet presence and do internet sales so we're trying to think of new and innovative ways in the absence of funding how can we keep these businesses alive? And, you know, I, the one thing that actually terrifies me right now yeah. is winter. Why? Because, for one, it's going to be getting dark at 4 o'clock. Right. Um, and if it rains, you know, it's like, 
you can't do outdoor dining when it's raining no. you know Which, you yeah, can't it's cold and it's cold so yeah, no it's a, uh, and moist you know it's the winter time in santa cruz so it's it's one of those things where we've shifted to outdoor during the summer, which has been great. But now, what are we going to do when the days get shorter, and the nights get colder, and wet? Uh, have any you had any experts come to you guys and say, it looks like it'll be here that we'll be back? Has that come you up mean, at how, all? You mean that, that, that would be in line with the question I was thinking about, as him as being a zoologist, as far as... Uh, what's, what do you think your idea, what's your idea on, on a vaccination or a vaccine? I saw the Russians today. I'm like, oh, we're coming. We got our own vaccine. And they tested it on like Sput- six people or something. Sputnik. It's called, called Sputnik. <laughs> and right? he texted on his daughter? He did? It's a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> She's cured. <laughs> um, you know, I've heard that there's uh, some folks, I think, out of England that have been working on vaccine. I think there's some work on the East Coast. That's going to be the, like the saving grace to all of this is if we can get a vaccine. Mm-hmm. And they're going through all the clinical trials, so it's just a matter of as they're going through the trials, how effective are they. Does, so. does the FDA, do they, do they speed things up? It always seems like to get, to get a drug approved seems like a 10-year you know, uh, ordeal. In this, in this situation, is it, do they speed things up and get cracking? Oh, I imagine that they're probably working yeah. at warp speed on this. You know? I think so, too. Yeah. They're pushing all the studies. They're in like the third yeah. days right now. That yeah. got pushed through. And who do you wor- who do you work with as far as uh, you work with Supervisor Leopold or the supervisors about what should be open, what should be closed, what parking lot should be open? Because there's always, a, you know, people bitching about the beaches being closed. Should they be closed? Should they be open? All these people coming over here. The hotels are full, but you know, I got people. I got friends of mine out. We we eat at are complaining because the hotel's food uh, is full, but they can't serve food in the restaurant, which is next door. Yeah. It must be so hard to try and satisfy everybody. Oh, yeah. And, you know, um, so early on when this was first hitting, myself and Donna Myers would meet regularly with Ryan Coonerty. And then. I was talking about the proclamation, Donna Myers. Okay. Okay. And then. um, And then initially it was weekly. It's now turned to bi weekly, but we have meetings with all of the mayors. the CAO's office in the county, the county administrative officer, uh, the sheriff, um, the county health officer. And so we have, you know, we're able to sit down with the county health officer and say, hey, what's going on here? You know, um, and then at a broader level, the League of California Cities, um, where it's mostly the mayors of the different cities, we get to sit down with some folks from the state on a call and we're able to express kind of what's happening here and get updates from them. So. And the county health officer really makes the calls, right? Isn't that who determines what open, what's closed? So to some extent, yes. Uh, the way the chain of command works is that uh, the governor currently has executive order, executive power. And then from the governor, it goes to the county health officer. And then from the county health officer, it goes down to the city manager. So Important decision-making. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, what made you decide that you wanted to get into politics? Because obviously... You, what you studied what you studied at school wasn't exactly a political career but what made what made you want to jump in the ring especially here in santa cruz the black man right jumping in this ring right here you got to be swimming upstream a little bit yeah well you know um when i'm so i moved to miami for two years after i finished grad school yeah and when i came and i missed the heck out of santa cruz right i you know i moved to another beach town with warm water and uh and I was just like, 
this is like ridiculous. I don't like it here. Traffic. It's I mean, flat too. Huh? Traffic. Yeah, flat. You know, yeah, mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, <laughs> and then just like the the culture was much more materialism you know like what kind of car do you drive what kind of house do you live in kind of boat do you have you know and that was what was valued right and so yeah i was like you know you come to santa cruz and people like oh man you like to get outdoors like you're into protecting the environment like those are things that we value right and so i was really like where do i go next when my job was finishing up and i was like i'm gonna try to get back to santa cruz and got an opportunity to start a nonprofit. um and when I got back, I was realizing there's so many people in the community who, so many of my friends who were like, I got to leave. Like, I got to move. I can't afford to live here anymore. And I was just really bummed by that. And so they were, this was back when Cynthia Chase was mayor, but I started going to, they had a, this um, affordable housing week and they were doing a, um, they were giving a talk at the Civic and they had all these booths set up. And I just signed up to work on rent control on the rent control campaign and then got involved with them and ended up being one of the highest signature gatherers for that. And pe- and I'd thought about getting in politics, like maybe I should try to do something for my community. And uh, somebody was like, why don't you think, you ever think about running? And I was like, eh, I've thought about it, but gave it more thought and talked to my friends and my family. And they were like, dude, go for it. I was like, I'm single. I got a pretty flexible job. I'm, I'm young, but I'm not too young. And Sure enough, then I got, you know, ran a campaign. I went door to door dressed in skate shoes, you know, jeans, a hoodie, and, you know, maybe a button up and got first place. So it's like a Cinderella story. It is. <laughs> really, it's amazing. That's like, how, how now he's the mayor. How are these politicians, how are politicians like, you know, uh, Martin Watkins, for example, right? we, we shoot on the show, we support Martin, but you, know, you, don't, you, you, can't, you don't go door to door anymore. What do you what do you what do you do to uh, what do you do to get ahead of the game and to you know nowadays because you can't go door to door. Yeah. Social media. I guess. Yeah, I mean a lot of it is online presence, social media. You know, a lot of folks have been having these like Zoom neighborhood meetings, yeah. where they find people who can set up a Zoom meeting on their block, and then the person just goes on for an hour. Um, I think there are some people going door to door, which, eh, you know, I I don't know how you do that, um, but. It's definitely changed a lot. Yeah, I mean, like, having someone come to my door who I don't know who wants to talk to me, I'm like, no, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know. No, so. that's a tough call these days. Yeah. Uh, the things that were on the table before, when you first became mayor, homelessness, mental health, uh, obviously I think the top two, uh, have they been pushed to the wayside now or are they still up, they're still up front? No, actually we just received a report from this uh, Community Advisory Committee on Homelessness last night and it was their final the final report for the work they were doing but honestly um two things one you know i think a lot of folks in santa cruz think that the city is really in charge of tackling homelessness and the fact is that it's it's the county Mm -hmm. it's the the county gets the funding Mm -hmm. you know and we get to express them our needs and then they can you know help us fund programs that we have and they get to sit on your sidewalk right right exactly and you have no say in what how they're treated yeah well and and, i mean that's the thing is like we're the enforcement end of it right and it's like well we want to be on the you know like like we what we want is for there to be funding going into helping these people so we don't have to enforce anything Mm -hmm. but you know what with covid because there's so much money that's come down from homelessness i mean we've stood up so many services throughout the county and it's having you know positive impacts so we you know previously we've had 
camps in Santa Cruz, and we have two currently, not a peep out of the neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot of it's because the people there, there's caseworkers that come through, they get three meals a day. It's like, you know, so they're getting the resources that they need. Right. Um, and it's people who actually are there because they want help, you know. And then uh, we have, I think there's seven hotels in the county that we've leased where we've been uh, housing elderly, people who've been uh, exposed to COVID or people who need to quarantine. Um, so and we, ha- we have um, safe sleeping sites that we've set up. Again, no word from the neighbors. So I've noticed it. I, I shop at Costco. It's really different down there in these days. It's changed. It, a, a few months ago, it was kind of a war zone down there. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've, I notice your hard work. Appreciate I see it. it. My wife and I drive down there, and we're like, it's organized and clean, and I think we're on the right path in that direction. Right. I th- and I, I don't know about petty crime or how we're doing in drug addiction, but it, I, I, I feel like things are going pretty in the right direction. Yeah. I want to get to the, the Black Lives Matter and racism. How, how is it here in Santa Cruz as a black, per, as a black person? I mean, Joy, Joy talked about it. Whereas, you know, she's obviously single black, mother of three, mm-hmm. single. She's a black girl. She's scared. Uh, you know, she talked about that, that walk up the trail she did up in, by platforms, beach and aptos, you know, yesterday. Well, th- that situation is a little different. They were, they, she felt like they were scared of her. Right. And so they hustled up the path and left That's her in the right. dark. They did. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's, they, they, were, they weren't sure. Do you experience that stuff? Is that what you're trying to yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. What's what's your t- well? You're obviously you're, you're six foot two, and yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's a big fella. But how, how, what's your what's your scorecard here in Santa Cruz as far as racism is concerned? You know, it, it's not to say it doesn't exist. You know, because things exist everywhere. You know, um, I can. I come. I have a very different experience because I grew up in a neighborhood where there were literally like streets where you cross this street, you're starting to go. It's getting, it, like it starts getting whiter and whiter, and then it gets to a point where now you're going to start seeing Confederate flags. People are going to start saying things to you. Uh, you will get chased, you know, and attacked. And so I went from that experience where it's like you, know, you can't even walk into certain bars if you're black today. To coming into a, a town that's predominantly white and going into places and having people be like, okay, yeah, we're, come hang out with us. We'll take you under our wing. Like, come to our parties. Like, we'll take you surfing, you know? And um, so I didn't feel it as much here. I do, I mean, like, there are definitely, you know, cultural differences and um, there's probably ways that I think conversations are happening more around like equity and access, you know? And so, like, um, I feel like sometimes I hear stories from people where they don't understand my experience. So, for example, I have some friends who will, who will say, oh, yeah, we're just going to drive out to some BLM land. We're going to pinch a tent and we're just going to, like, you know, camp from our cars. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing that. <laughs> you know, the cops roll up on me in the middle of the night. I'm in the middle of nowhere, right. you know, like illegally camping. Not oh. something that I feel comfortable with, right. you know. Um if I'm going to go up into like Boulder Creek or up into the mountains and just hike around wherever and try to go, you know, it's like a little bit more nervous, you know, once I leave the city. Um, but you know, uh, I think also, you know, when we think about who has access to wealth in this community, I think that's an area where you start seeing like, you know, the people of color are predominantly lower income 
and we see less and less of them every year because um, people can't afford to live here, so people get driven out. And that's a socioeconomic thing too, mm -hmm. right? Because there are plenty of people who are locals who grew up here who are white and they can't afford and they get pushed out too. Both my kids. You know, <laughs> so, so, you know, I feel like, but I, I've, you know, I think one of the things I've loved about Santa Cruz is growing up in the punk rock scene in Chicago and then showing up here in the skate scene and how, you know, there's a vibrant hip hop scene and everybody's like really trying to look out for each other. So I think that although there's, you know, I, I'm not gonna say that there's not racist people here, but there's a lot of anti-racist people here. And that's the thing that I, I really like love the most. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like we're, we're a very liberal town. We're, I think we're one of the lovingest towns. Um, and I think the anger is always directed at very, I think, non-racist things. A lot of the anger here, you know what I mean? Like we're angry about uh, crime and uh, drug addiction and mental health issues and things like that. I think it's a little different. So I want to just touch on one thing. And this is a wife, a wife question. My wife said this. She said this question. Well, she was curious what the Once mayor. Once the wash comes up, the question. She did. Why? Well, I, I said I got the mayor on. She goes, Oh, ask him about the rail trail. And uh, because it's it just seems like it's such a budding of heads and sides. And from the mayor's office, what's the best solution in your eyes, like what we can do with that? Well, you know, I mean, I can just give my opinion, I guess. Yeah. You know, um, I, I'm supportive of keeping the, the rail there and putting in the trail and then figuring out what we can. Can we make something work? You know, we have this this transportation infrastructure that is currently in place. You know, maybe it needs a little bit of maintenance, but it's something that's there. And if you rip it out, we'll never, I mean, it, it would cost so much to put it back. I doubt it would happen. So it's like, well, let's conceptually think about, can we use this for, you know, transportation of people and do the appropriate studies? Um, but because it's there, it's like, well, let's, let's consider that first before we're just like, nope, we're gonna get rid of this and rip it out, you know? So no matter what goes on there, it'll be electric? Uh, I hope so. Can't make any promises, but I, 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 I mean, would. If, the, if that's the city's like direction. Then yeah. Yeah. I would hope so. I, I'd hope we'd be able to figure out. Yeah. Like what, and if it is electric, what kind, right? Because right. it's like, you know, in Chicago we had the L and that was electric, but you know, you touch the third rail, you're toast. Right. Exactly. Right. That's and like so, Bart, same thing. Right. Yeah. So we don't want, I don't think we mm -hmm. want something like that mm -hmm. with a trail where people can walk next to it. Battery powered cars or something on a you know, magnetic, like a, a Tesla drive self-driving cars or something. Yeah, or like so, you know, buses that go you know different direction. You know? I live on the train tracks. That's why that's her question. Mm -hmm. Is that my fence falls over and it lands on the on the train? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's an interesting concept. But I think with like a, the future of electric bicycles and stuff, like oh, yeah. no matter what happens, it is a, definitely should be used for transportation. Yeah. Whether it's human powered, electric powered, I think that that's important. Yeah. You know, I grew up in England. I was just thinking about this last night because I grew up in the hay that, you know, the, the Confederate Is that the flag. tube where they got over there? The that tube, yeah, man. The, the I tube. I grew up in, you know, I, I'm not talking about the rail trains, but I grew up in uh, trains and buses and we didn't need a car. But, you know, back in the history of England, it's way older than here. Here we got the Confederacy and we got the Confederate flag and they're pulling down statues and all this other thing. We didn't have that. Yeah, we wouldn't have, because we didn't have the slavery issue. Mm -hmm. You know, back, we didn't have the slavery. It, it was we just didn't have it. We had a crazy king like Henry VIII who just taxed wife, everybody, taxed the whole shit out of everybody, <laughs> bought diamonds, Robin Hood, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? I just damn good soccer players. Yeah, I don't know. Just, <laughs> it just this country's not that old, and we got this problem that's still pretty young, but it's so prevalent. It's just, I, I just was like, 
shaking my head about those people and the statues down. And they, okay. they take, uh, and can, can I just ask you a question take, right now? Go ahead. Are we segueing from the rail trail? No, to, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. No. <laughs> I, I was just thinking out loud. My, my second Heineken, I can think okay. out loud. <laughs> well, he's a cheap date, huh, Angela? He's a cheap date. Yeah. Well, you know, and you know, to to that point, um, you know, something that's been coming up for me. So I'll bring it up. There's like the whole defund conversation, right? And you know, I think that there are, I think what people are asking for in that, like, like you know, funding for affordable housing, education, mental health, sure, that's, those are great questions to ask. And it's something that our community, you know, society needs to think about. Um, and when you have cities that have, you know, like billion dollar police budgets, okay, it might be worth kind of double checking why that's the case. But one thing I keep bringing people to is they bring this national conversation to our city and I'm like, well, what are the problems in Santa Cruz? Like, what are our problems? Because we don't have the same problems as we, they do in New York with the NYPD, you know, or the LAPD or the Chicago Police Department. It's like, we're Santa Cruz, right? And there's a lot of work that's been done to try to, you know, have a police department that has integrity, that's really trying to protect everyone. And so it's like, and who, who try to use less force. And so for me, it's like, well, let's look at what are the issues and what needs to be changed here versus trying to take issues in other cities and project them on ourselves. And so that's been a big you know, question around the, the whole defund. And so I'm actually going to be meeting with um, the it's going to be the police chief, myself, uh, Vice Mayor Myers, um, council members, Coonerty, Zach Friend, the sheriff. And we're going to have a conversation on, you know, if we want to address issues around you know, racism and policing and law enforcement and criminal justice, what can that look like for our community and what what's the composition of that group like what should it be right i love that and i think a big part with uh policing right now is we, we can't give them to a police officer specific is that we can't give them too many breaks it's like uh, a catholic priest we can't let them fondle a guy like 10 times before they boot mm -hmm. him right. you know like we gotta like nip this in the bud mm -hmm. right and and we've seen these um like problem child police officers that i feel like are responsible for so much of the negativity that we see and i know it's a big investment to put them through an academy and train them how to be police officers but i just feel like hey you know what you're not fitting in you got to go mm -hmm. that's police reform in my opinion yeah and the thing too for me is like okay like like you know like just evaluations and checking it's like how many times has this person used force during this year you know how many complaints have they received and then if they're like you know if it's egregious where they've like shot someone or or what have you and it's like okay now we're gonna have to under like do another deep dive on this person mm -hmm. you know same thing you're saying because it's like look if you're screwing up you gotta, gotta go, go you know yeah. and and i feel like cameras are gonna be a big help for that yeah i feel like that's a fantastic deterrent for a lot of things and we use those now I, yeah i love yeah. it i feel like that's a deterrent from um, people that are gonna be in contact with the police because crap i'm on a camera I better watch what I do. I, if I reach for his weapon, I'm on a camera reaching for his weapon. I think that's something that, that people should actually understand as well because it's like, look, not only are the actions of the police officer being recorded, but you are also being recorded. Absolutely. And so you're, you're going to have to be accountable for your behavior as well. We got to uh, – so the, it goes back to the bad apples. We got to protect the good apples. Yeah. That's important. And I, and I have this theory also, and I'm, I'm not going to get too political on it, but I feel like let's not treat the police – like the post office. 
because I don't want to have an emergency and have somebody show up two days later. So we got to be careful, like how we exactly. how we look at this in the future. Right. And but do we have the man? Does the police department have the manpower? I mean, they're cutting everything. They're cutting. You're deep, trying to defund the police department and cut back, cut back, and cut back. Well, and they're on a skeleton budget already. What's we that? know that the budget mm-hmm. has been has been whittled down to where they're barely in business. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Assume. No, and I mean it's getting worse with COVID and the budget cuts that we have to make. I mean, um, I think there were three positions that had to be um, unfilled, and so I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but we are not in a position where we're at capacity. Well, right? Neil, you went to the ride with the sheriff that night, I right? Went, I went, and on there a, was three I went, sheriffs I went, on duty. I went on a drive around. My buddy, uh, Jake Ainsworth, is the sheriff's department, he invited me on a ride along. So I said, I want to do the whole thing. The meeting before, I want to do the, the whole shift. You want to go on a chase. I want to, which we did. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> but anyway, it was freaking awesome, dude. We're doing 120 mile an hour on the freeway. I loved it. Did you sign but a it, waiver for that? Oh, man. I'm sitting there. Like, Hang on, Neil. Here we go. That was in the 80s, right? Or the 90s? <laughs> that was like six like months ago. Months ago. <laughs> <laughs> but like we sat in the meeting beforehand. We get, I'm in there for the whole meeting. And they come. They, all the guys come in to sit down. And I'm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where's the, where this big conference room in the sheriff's department on Chanticleer? There was like twelve guys. Where's the rest of the? Where's the other twelve? Oh, we don't have, So and then so Jose has to go to Watsonville. He's not welcome in Boulder Creek, and the Boulder Creek guy is not welcome over there. You know, so they got their own spots they can go to, and they got to cover between the Santa Cruz County line, which is up by up by Waddell, down to Moss Landing almost. Twelve right? guys. Twelve guys up to Boulder Creek and all around. I mean, yeah. and they're screaming. It's like, oh, yeah. they're screaming at the car like, well, this is the shitty ones we're not gonna deal with. Though. They just throw we just throw those away. You wow. And these are the ones, the ones at the top, the cream of the crop, the ones we're gonna go to. Mm-hmm. Car chase. Car chase. Is oh, they, yeah. is those guys just they just wait for a car, car chase, chase, huh? Was I we're would for sure. Yeah, we, I was a be like, yes. Yeah, well, the guy we looked for a gun on the side of the road in Watsonville. Uh, yeah, it was great, but the guy ended up killing himself by flying up the side of. the of uh, Highway 1 in his Lexus. Well, he had a big night, huh? He had, yeah, it was a hell of a night. That makes but the anyway. mayor's job look pretty good compared to that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. But anyway, so the moral story is there's like 12 guys trying to cover the whole county. Yeah. And I think in I think in the city, I think it's like maybe seven, like on patrol at any given time. Yeah. You know, and you get a call for backup and, you know, you have additional officers coming out. But to me, that's scary. I think, I don't know. I, I, to me, that's a little low. Uh, for a, uh, maybe Friday night's different, but I think of a Friday night in Santa Cruz and there's seven officers on duty. You're like, that's not enough. Uh, that, that barely breaks up a teenage party. Well, you know, and that's why for me, when um, it well, and I think that they can call for more, you know, backup mm-hmm. if they need to. But you know, for me, that really goes to show. It's like, and and this is the thing, you know, my experience growing up in Chicago. It's like we're not over policed. Yeah. You know, like I don't. I mean, I see officers every day. Um, but I like having lived here since 2007, I mean, I've engaged with them on a handful of occasions, but you know, it wasn't like where I was growing up where cops just pull you over and just, just to screw with you you because they're bored, Mm -hmm. you know? How long's your term for? How long are you uh, mayor for? Uh, till December 8th. This year? Yep. Gonna run again? Well, it rotates every year. Oh, that's right. Rotates. And so I'm in my second year of council. And so, um... I don't know if you can be appointed again during your fir- during your term. I don't think we can. Will you stay in politics? Will you stay as part of the t- Uh, well, I got two more years to think about it. Okay. 
But um, no big announcements tonight on the no, Off Lip Radio Show. No. <laughs> <laughs> you told me you had something good. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think the big thing I'm gonna have to figure out is just like financially living my life because I took a huge pay cut to do this, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of at the beginning of my career. And worth it? city doesn't pay mm-hmm. anything. Right. And it's I'm a just, hobby. Well, it, it, I wish it were, but in, you, unfortunately for me, it's I, I've been taking it so seriously. You've got to take you know? care of Numero Uno. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. it's like I'll be 40 in two years, and it's like if I haven't really kicked off my career, do I run again? And then I'm 44, mm-hmm. and I haven't really made anything, you know, in terms of like financially. Right. And then try to start my career at 44, it's like that's. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so. it's, it's uh, if you're not like a trust funder, then you know it's you got to make it happen. Yeah. If you want to stay here in this beautiful town. Exactly. Yeah. And if you got want to make it happen, the sooner you start, the the easier well, we it will be. I hope you stay. In, I hope you stay in Paul. Um, you know, we hope you stay. You're making a big difference. I love this uh, town, and I love having people like you. Yeah. That uh, that are here for the right reasons, and uh, right are time. are in politics for the right reasons. And I feel like we have we're, Santa Cruz is going in a good direction right now. Mm-hmm. I really do. I've lived here since 1982, and I've seen some good years and bad years. And I really do, Neil, feel like yeah. we're we're going in a good direction. Yeah. And uh, it takes leadership good, like you to make that happen. Got some good leaders in town. Got yeah. some good ones. Yeah. And we get to have them on the show, and yeah. I, that's been one of the best things about doing this show is we get to have, you know, the mayors and the congressmen and the supervisors and uh, the the council people to come on here and explain themselves and share it with our our, our people. And so, yeah, there's five. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. (laughs) Well, any other questions, Neil, before we we wrap this one up? Let him go for crying out loud. Yeah, we'll let you get out of here. Enjoy our beer together. Yeah, sounds good. The Honorable Justin Cummings. And uh, you can catch a show on uh, offthelipradio.com or iHeart, Spotify, Pandora, all the places you can get podcasts. You can get the show out. I'm gonna put the camera on Neil. Cause should we blow up a few, uh, blow up a few sponsors right blow up now? A few sponsors right yeah. here. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, I forgot jo- the Captain John Ribeiro from the sh- Captain John Ribeiro from Cobalt Banker. He's also the captain of the Chardonnay. He's yeah. told me he hasn't been doing it a lot lately. Well, He's real- been busy uh, vacationing with his lovely girlfriend. Up in Wyoming. Yeah. Driving around so. the yeah. I don't get a job, dude. Hey. Sean Rove from Farmers Insurance. Yeah. I gotta go see Sean. See if he's still wearing that that, that bracelet. Can on you his ankle. please? Bring the bracelet. I know everybody who's watching wants to see the shark bracelet. Bring him supposedly, in. Bring him in. Supposedly, it chases sharks away when yeah, you're surfing. I <laughs> want to see the bracelet. Yeah, I want to see the bracelet. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go buy a seam tomorrow. Go bring, bring the, the bracelet. bracelet. Yeah, yeah, we're going we're gonna to show you folks the anti-shark bracelet. He's full of shit. Yeah, we're going to find out. Chill out cafe, where they? Roll the fatties. Thank you very much. Beach Nest Vacation Rentals. If you're coming to Santa Cruz for a little vacay, spend some money at the surf shop, here, mm-hmm. the skate shop, TC shop. Thank you. Buy a sticker or rent something. A, buy a sticker. Yeah. Rent a home from BeachDanceVacationRentals.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, listening stack. The listening stack. It's winter's coming up. Get your p- custom-made earplugs from listening stack. My ears stack. are a bit itchy. I think your that's, ears are Yeah, my ears have... <laughs> inside my ears look like Mars. I want to thank uh, Surf <laughs> City Sandwich. Fig. I cannot go in there anymore. It's Not really good. <laughs> you just eat one my sandwich. You eat two, is, huh? When you no, go there, I have one. you do. My okay. My paddleboard's sinking. <laughs> I stood on the mofo the other day. It's sinking. I'm going, what did Joy say last night? The, the 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 COVID nineteen. It changed. Oh, yeah. It changed yeah. from the pandemic ten. And it's promoting. We're yeah. growing. It's the well, <laughs> after all this, we're gonna have to flatten our curves. You yeah. know. <laughs> Let's promote Joy's book one more time. Shit, I'm, I'm black. <laughs> Yeah. Joy, you got to do it. <laughs> you got to. That's going to be a great book. Right? Yeah. I want to thank Dave uh, Grigsby from the Kayak Connection. Swamped. Is he? 
You yeah. can rent a kayak at the harbor or uh, the uh, Elkhorn Slough. I'm going to tell you guys Horn right now, slough. all you romantic people, go to the Elkhorn Slough, mm-hmm. little bottle of champagne, mm-hmm. paddle into the back four bay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. want to thank uh, who is Numa from from Aloha Island Grill. Yep. want to thank yep. Timmy, who took care of us last night. Thank po- you. Uh, yep, yep, photo. Timmy, Timmy. Mm-hmm. Wave uh, clock. Uh, the wave clock. want to thank the wave mm-hmm. clock. Waveclock.com. Great little present, little gift, little t- Check out the tide, the time, all going, the you know what? all going on. That'd be an awesome Christmas gift. And my favorite, it would be yeah, an awesome Christmas gift. It would be a gift. great favorite, Christmas the, gift. Santa, I want to thank Emily from Santa Cruz uh, Mountain Brewery for the uh, uh, the amber that you oh love so much man. over there. Angela, do you, has he talked to you about amber? Is yeah, that their love? My other love. Yeah. Amber. Yeah. <laughs> I want to thank you. Uh, I think I've got a uh, pizza ones and aptos. I haven't been going in there either. You're such a liar. <laughs> <laughs> He's totally lying right pizza now. Well, my, friend Ed, my friend Ed from Rogue Pies. You've been there too. Yeah, oh, I've been in there big time. Baby. I just, I've had a couple of those like this. Tastes really good. Oh, I want to thank Mr. Mayor Justin Cummings for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This has been thank awesome. You thank you, Justin. Yeah. Thank you and, for uh, uh, see you, uh, the leadership. Next week with, I don't know. I forget who's coming on next week. Uh, we have some big shows, though, coming, up. Shows yeah. coming up. All right, everybody. Thank, thank you for you tuning much. in. Night, we will everyone. see you next week on the Off Lip Radio Show. And Neil is going to turn this baby off. He reaches over and he touches the button. Boom.